Too funny. Okay. Well, let's kick this off. We're going at 10 o'clock. We haven't even started yet. This might be well, that's because, you know, we haven't seen each other in a while. Yeah, I know. That's that's on me. I know. I know. I'm sorry. No, no. Yeah, dude. Yeah, totally. Totally on me. So I miss Brandon. <laughs> I know. Aww. I know. We all miss Brandon. This is well, I saw you. I just didn't see Brandon. This is just a long, elaborate excuse to see him every week. I don't know if anybody figured that out. It works yeah. for me. Yeah, mm-hmm. it works. <laughs> Well, welcome to the show, you, me, and your mom. show where three people sit down and talk about whatever they want to talk about. I'm your host today, Eric, and we're joined by our other two hosts, my best friend, Brandon. Oh, hi, hi. And my mom, Mom. Hi, who's Mar- I'm Mrs. Poyd today. Mrs. Poyd. Her name is Sandy, apparently, a.k.a. Sandy Poy. How are you guys today? Well, I'm doing really well. How about you, Brandon? I'm good. Had a really good weekend. Weather's getting hotter and it was pretty humid over the weekend, but it was kind of, you know, slacking off today and uh, just been enjoying having lunch outside. That's awesome. Well, we're doing pretty good down here. I've been working like crazy. I know I keep saying that here recently, like every one of these episodes, but I really have been working, but I was about a town again. So, uh, yeah, just kind of hitting the road, having a good time. It is officially summer here in Florida. For those that are listening or joining us for the first time, I live outside of Orlando and it is hot. It is so hot. It is depressingly hot to the point where you just are angry all the time. I think that's the only way I can describe it. It just legitimately (laughs) makes me angry. And I just take it out on random things like the lawn, you know, just inanimate objects. It just makes me just angry. I'm not necessarily angry all the time. It's just that point. I was actually cooking out uh, the one day I was home. I was actually cooking out and it was like 95 degrees and my buddy and I were just pouring sweat over the grill. And I realized at that moment I had made a mistake. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, oh, it's June. How could I forget it's June in Florida? So, uh, but yeah, other than that, we're doing pretty good. We're doing pretty good. Well, uh, thanks to you guys for joining us. I think we're going to take a little bit of a different turn this evening for those that are joining us. We're actually going to talk about something that's kind of near and dear to our hearts. And uh, we were talking off air what we wanted to talk about today. And mom brought up a really good point. And I know that the past few weeks uh, or episodes, we had talked about a lot of serious things. We talked about mental health. We had talked about, uh, you know, reentry anxieties, which are they're calling it as you're coming out of your house into society again after 15 months being on lockdown from COVID and kind of the feelings and troubles that go through all of that. And Martha brought up a really good point. What she was saying there was that maybe it's time that we talk more in detail about self-checking in. How does that work and what the purpose is of self-checking in and how we can employ this in our own lives to kind of really help us. And that's a really good time to do that, especially like when we have all of these things are going on in the world that does cause anxiety, that does cause stress. There's a lot, not to really scare everybody, but you got reentry. We've got issues with global shipping. I mean, gas prices are jumping up. There's talks about tension rising among nations. That's It goes on and on and on. If I didn't know any better, it feels like a warm-up for the four horsemen some days. <laughs> and so, yeah, it might be a really good time to talk about what checking in is and how to do it and how to employ it in, in, in your life. So I kind of want to just kind of kick it over to mom and Brandon, kind of get it started and kind of take us through it. Maybe start with mom, take us through it. Kind of tell us what I'm talking about and, and why this might be a good idea for those that are listening. 
Okay, that sounds great. You know, the thing is with my clients, I do a lot of check, self-check-ins. I teach a lot of self-check-ins. And when I first mentioned it, have you done a self-check-in or do you do self-check-ins? They're all like, what are you talking about? And so, you know, one of the things that I teach my clients is that, you know, we should treat ourselves as if we are our very best friend. And so we might, when our self, we, we might, when we first say our best friend, we might go, how are you doing? What's going on in your life? And we do kind of a check-in with them. It's really important to also do that for ourselves. You know, we, we, I do know that our minds and our bodies are the only place that we live in. We think that, you know, I think I live in Tennessee. I think I live in near, sort of near Nashville, but really I only live in my mind and my body. All right. Yeah. No matter what's going on around me and checking with myself and assessing my own needs helps me to pour into myself so that then I can pour into others. So a lot of times we check in on those around us. I might check in on my husband. I check in on you guys. I check in on my friends, my clients, all of these things. But there are times that I neglect to check in on myself. It's really beneficial to check in on myself, though, because it can improve my mood, my energy sometimes. Um, I don't know about you all, but I get tired. I'm closing in very quickly on that sixth decade. It's coming up like really fast. And so my energy is really important. It's also a good um, way to improve my relationships with other people and also with my productivity um, in, in my job and in my personal life. So it's extremely important to check in with ourselves. Um, but how often do we do it? So, you know, what do you guys do? How often do you guys check in with yourselves? Eric, Brandon? Admittedly, I it's not a thing that I immediately think of. Um, I, I do need to be more mindful and present about that. Just mm-hmm. one of the goals I've been setting for myself is kind of do that more often. But I, I do notice that on days when I start to feel a little short with people or I just feel cranky or tired or low on energy, you know, when I notice something negative going on, that's when I'll be like, okay, well, what's going on? Okay, well, first off, why am I squinting so hard? Relax your forehead. Okay, why am I, why does my jaw hurt so much? You know, unclench your jaw, drop the shoulders, uh, just things like that. Um, you know, when was the last time, you know, why do I feel like that? Oh, well, I haven't used the bathroom in about four hours. Maybe I should go do that. Or, or the opposite, you know, I haven't had a drink of water in five or six hours. Maybe that's why my head feels funny, you know, something like that. It's just one of those things that, like I said, I don't think to do it as much as I should, unless I notice a problem. And that's something that, you know, we need to be mindful of. Right. Yeah, I would agree. And, you know, as a therapist, I meet with clients, of course, all day long. And you all know that I see probably too many clients, but I enjoy my job. So there you go. So I, I meet with these clients, but I, I you know, I have to do a, a check-in several times throughout the day. As a therapist, I actually do believe that you should check in with yourself at least daily if not more often, because like you pointed out, Brandon, we sometimes do check in with ourselves when we're feeling kind of negative, but it's also just as important to check in with ourselves when we're feeling positive so that we notice those things and we can celebrate those things as well. So we want to recognize the stresses that we're facing. We want to recognize the emotions that we're experiencing. And we also want to celebrate what successes are going on with us each day. Um, So when we're, when we're thinking about that, there are a lot of benefits of checking in with yourself. Um, there, there are some things about, you know, it may be just like I take care of my body. I, I work out 
most days, not going to lie, not every day, but most days I work out. I do try to watch what I eat, what I put into my body, things like that. But it's also important to work out your mind. Our mental and emotional health is just like physical health. And I think a lot of people don't understand that, but it genuinely is. If we ignore our mental health and our physical health, we're going to run into just as many problems as if we ignore our physical health. So just like we can prevent medical issues, or if we find out that something's affecting us physically, we can also protect our heart and our mind. The more we're attuned with our emotions and our thoughts, the easier it is to live a healthier and a happier life. So it's extremely, it's especially important during stressful times, but also during happy times. I want to point that out. We want to celebrate those. But when things are stressful, Doing the self-check-in is a gentle step towards kind of practicing that good self-care. And it's a way to actually understand what's going on. So how do we check in? What do you guys do? How do you check in? I mean, Brendan kind of explained a little bit about how he checks in, but how do you guys do your self-check-ins when you, when you do do them? What does it look like? Uh, It depends on, it depends on what I'm experiencing at that moment. So like, uh, it depends on the, mm, see if I can think of the right word, severity or uh, intensity of what I need to check in on. So what I mean by that is if it is a particularly intense emotion or situation that I'm going through, uh, I'm not always great at it because when something's going south, I tend to do everything I can to fix the problem. It's just who I am. Um, it's not always pretty. I grumble a lot going through it. <laughs> Mom's like really nodding her head. Um, <laughs> she's like, yep. Yep, lots of grumbling. <laughs> 38 years of experience with this one. <laughs> so anyway, um, you know, but I, I tend to not relax until I solve the problem, which is in itself is a problem for me because I need to, to take stock of what I'm experiencing. So for me, checking in, it just depends. Like it's a quick checking in, like what Brandon's talking about, which is very smart. He's thinking, oh, why does, why does my head feel so tight? Well, maybe it's because I need water Maybe I've got my forehead wrinkled in deep thought the, for five hours in work. I get that. That's, that's great basic check-ins. And I think that's really mm-hmm. smart. For me, it just depends on severity. And what I mean by that, and I'll finally explain exactly what I mean by that. When I do remember to, when I'm going through a particularly intense situation, to pause, take five minutes, and just search in my head and go, what am, and ask a very important question, what am I feeling? Why am I feeling this? Um, should I be feeling this? Is this, you know, should I ask someone if my reality is askew? Which is for me is very important, and it has to do with me. I've always been really open on the podcast. I do struggle with PTSD, and so my reality, I may be afraid of something that I don't need to be afraid of. So, to me, when I ask is my reality askewed? Is, am I basically seeing boogeymen in the shadows of a situation? Am I assuming someone's motivation for why they said something to me that I was triggered by? So I have to ask that question. So it depends and it depends on what's happening. I also have to check in. It was so smart that you said this mom, and I'll tell a little bit about this real briefly is I have to check in when I'm really happy too. Uh, (laughs) This is, for those that are listening that struggle with PTSD, they may relate to this, but I struggle with extreme, I struggle with dealing with extreme range of motion, no matter what the emotion is. 
I, I struggle with having the capacity for that feeling. So if I'm really, really sad, I really struggle with it. It feels extremely overwhelming to me. If I'm really, really happy, I struggle feeling overwhelmed because it's such an intense motion. I struggle with feeling overwhelmed by that. And so I've gone through my whole life trying to do my best to either deflect or defend so I don't get too happy or too sad or anything like that. So I, when I'm really happy, sometimes I start to feel fearful and I start to feel like I'm out of control. And someone like me, I'm just being really honest, I struggle with when I, when I feel like I'm losing control, that's when I start, you know, deflending, joking or stuff like that to kind of bring it where I feel like I'm more in control. And I have to be careful with that. And I have to remind myself sometimes as part of the PTSD, I'm always, it's, uh, it's self-criticism is a big part of PTSD in my particular case. So I have to constantly remind myself in that time, am I feeling happy? And the answer is yes. And then I have to think to myself, you deserve to be happy, Eric. It's okay to be happy. It's okay to really be happy to see your family. It's okay to be really happy to see your friends. And I have to think that through. Now, the last thing I'll say about self-check-in, it is, although it's primarily driven by the individual, um, having someone that can help you with it, like primarily my wife helps me with it, is just invaluable. But we can talk about that in a little bit. But I've gone on for five minutes, but it you know, long story short, it depends on exactly what I'm dealing with. My self-check-in does change. Sometimes I write things down. Sometimes I go for a walk and I take five minutes. Um, so a lot of those things, it's just sometimes I do mindless things. Uh, this sounds creepy and scary, but sometimes I go and sharpen a knife that's dull in the kitchen. Uh, sometimes I make bread, you know, repetitive motion. And during that repetitive motion, I think about how I'm feeling and if it's appropriate to feel and to what extent am I feeling, you know? Mm -hmm. So how, how am I doing Is this all making sense to everyone? Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and, and I kind of just gave a basic like physical rundown, but I also have like a mental checklist, kind of like what Eric, you said, it, it depends on the situation, but I do go through all the physical factors first to make sure that, you know, I've eaten or, you know, how to drink or use the restroom if necessary, or um, maybe I'm just, you know, uncomfortable because I'm sitting in a weird spot for a while and haven't thought about that and readjust or you know, the socks I'm wearing got too sweaty and I need to go change those, just whatever weird physical thing it could be. But I also have the mental checklist, like, you know, when was the last time that I really laughed at something or that I enjoyed something without like, you know, laughing at someone else's misfortune. Cause I'm not going to lie. I have a dark sense of humor. We've discussed it. This isn't a surprise to, you know, our, our listeners. We all have our own dark sides that we find humorous, but sometimes I find myself just really reveling in that. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, but you've always got to remember just everything in moderation, including right. dark humor. So I have to really look at what my, my uh, entertainment has been around those times, things like that. I'll, uh, one thing for me is, you know, when's the last time that I've helped someone? Um, and it could be as simple as like literally just letting someone walk first when we kind of bump past in the grocery store or, you know, buying someone an ice cream cone when we're out and about because, you know, hey, my treat, why not? Or just, you know, sending them a, a message on Facebook Messenger or a text message, something like that. Just I, I try to do things like that that are positive and uplifting and, and you know, like I said, how, how have I helped someone else? You know, maybe it's something even more serious, like uh, someone can't afford groceries. So, you know, lend them a couple bucks or just send them a couple bucks, things like that. Um, and I just really go through, 
and take a look at that. Um, when's the last time I've had a good conversation with someone? When's the last time I checked in with this friend? Uh, you know, because we all have those friends that uh, sometimes some people need a little more help. Some people need a little less help. And you just want to check in to make sure they're doing okay. And like we've talked before, make sure that your own tank is full before you try to help someone else. Make sure you have the spoons available to help them. Mm-hmm. Just things like that. And, uh, you know, other things are, have I been overextending myself? Have I been trying to do too much or take on too much at work or, or in one of my extracurricular activities? Uh, things like that. Am I trying to do too much to spare others, but, you know, killing myself in the process? Yeah. Yeah. Just all kinds of things like that. And, and, and like you said, Eric, I have like, a, you know, working the bread or, or doing things like that. One of the things I do, we, we had a guest on before Savannah who, you know, talked about Dungeons and Dragons. I start creating characters and scenarios because I run modules. Sometimes I'm a player for the most part, but a lot of times I'll be like, okay, well, what big, bad, evil guy do I want to slay in my own life? Okay. <laughs> How about the physical representation of just someone who doesn't care about his repercussions on others? It's like, okay, so let's make a warlord you know, villain and who are the people that are serving him that I'd also like to take out at this time. And, and it's, it's a really great way to work out some of those inner demons, just create a fantasy world where you can do literally anything you want with no repercussions. <laughs> Barista that I like to order wrong. Okay. Fair. <laughs> That'll teach I, you Taylor with two A's. <laughs> I love that you guys are, are there and you, you have all these cool mindfulness things and Distress tolerance is what Brandon was discussing. It's called a distress tolerance skill. But I want to go back to the, the check-in mm. because you all are solving rather than checking. So let's go back to checking for just a second. Brandon, you mentioned earlier that you paid attention. Maybe I need some water. Maybe I need this. Maybe I haven't eaten. How do you know that? How do you figure that out that you might need to drink water. Do you do a scan of your body? What, what do you do? Yeah. Well, specifically for things like that, I have a bottle of water almost here near me all the time. And and I look at that and be like, well, when's the last time I had a drink or I'll, you know, just kind of run my tongue around the inside of my mouth, you know, just for Mm -hmm. physical cues like that. Because sometimes, especially if I get caught up in a work thing during the day, if I'm on a phone call with, you know, QuickBooks tech support or some the third party software company trying to figure out why something isn't working the way it's supposed to, you know, it's really easy to lose track of time. Or if you get really involved and you get on a really good, you know, creative burst of energy, it's, it's just easy to lose track of everything else. So I try to keep mindful of how long I've been doing something. When's the last time I took a break, stood up, walked around. I have an Apple watch, which, you know, every hour, if you haven't gone up and walked around for at least one minute during that hour, by the time you hit the 50 minute mark, it'll kind of buzz and say, Hey, lazy, you know, get up. (laughs) it's a little nicer than I am, but, <laughs> but uh, that's really helpful. Cause since I work, you know, a tech job from home, it's very easy to just stay in front of the computer for hours at a time. Like the other day I got so involved on things. I did not get up from my chair in over four hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I do the same. If I go from client to client, if I'm not careful to take that 10 minutes in between each client uh, with that 50 minute therapeutic hour, I'll find that I sit here for hours and hours and I'm not careful to do that. So I hear what you're saying, and I actually like all of the things that you said, actually, Brandon. Um, another thing that I do is I chunk throughout the day. I chunk or I kind of tie my check-in with tasks or transitions. So like for me, it would be like moving from client to client or going into lunchtime or to dinner time or things like that. I'll stop a minute 
And I'll just do literally a body scan. I'll start at my feet. How do my feet feel? I'll move up through my legs. I'll move on up through my torso. How does my stomach feel? How does my chest feel? Now as an asthmatic, that's an important thing. <laughs> move up through my throat actually and my head, my arms. And I'll ask myself, and if anything feels a little off, I'll stop. So if my stomach, for instance, is feeling a little not okay, I'll stop. What's going on with my stomach? Am I, you know, what might make it feel this way? What emotions are, am I feeling that might cause my stomach to feel this way? And I'll move myself up. So pretty much like Brandon does, you know, he's got these timers that set up like his app that may say, get up and move around, crazy man. You know, that kind of thing. Um, I, I have, I chunk it with tasks. So when I move from one task to another, I might stop and do that. Just do a quick physical check-in yeah. um, for that. So I'm thinking that there are some, th some other ways that we can check in with ourselves. One is we can look at, look at what our triggers or internal cues might be. So these things can help us to sort of prompt some things. Um, exter external triggers can be situational or environmental. So it can be like what Brandon talked about, about his watch that says, okay, time to get up, move around. For me, it might be chunking it with different tasks. It can be a lot of different things, but we want to kind of do a check-in. And then we also want to pay attention to what kind of situations tend to trigger or, or sort of activate our emotion. And this will give us an opportunity to check in with ourselves before we become distressed. So for instance, I know if for me, if I hear um, as a therapist, I, I spend my days with clients, sorry guys, but that's what I do. So if I hear a client and I listen to one that talks about their trauma, which is important work in trauma work, I know that at the end of that session, I need to do a check-in. How am I feeling physically? How am I feeling emotionally? Those kind of things. I know if I'm riding in a car and someone doesn't put on their brakes fast enough or they're speeding up and I think they should be putting on their brakes, I get a little anxious, I'll do a quick check-in, right? I know if I watch a movie that will trigger me, I need to do a check quick, I'm sorry, a quick check-in. Do you all know of some times that you might need to do some check-ins? What do you think, Eric, Brandon? Well, that's a good question. Um, there are situations that um, I have found that emotionally trigger me. It, it, and it, it's a wide variety of things. It could be a certain set of words, a particular sentence or a particular mood um, that someone is conveying towards me uh, in a workplace and that sort of thing that can be rather triggering to me. Um, it, it's interesting how I've worked for many companies and inevitably they all, someone will say the same thing that someone said three years ago. It's inevitable. And because of my experience three years ago, it will get triggered. Um, you know, there's other things that may trigger me as well. You know, it could be for me, uh, a certain, I'm getting actually getting really surprisingly, really real on this for me. It is a particular time of day in February with a particular temperature and that a certain cast of a shadow, a certain, certain sun angle through a window will trigger a memory. So it's a smell sometimes. It's, uh, 
it, it can be a noise. There's a particular noise that I'm not even willing to share at this time that always triggers me. Always. If there's a particular noise, it will always trigger me. So knowing those kind of things, the moment those things hit me, I have trained myself over the course of many years. It's been hard because once you're triggered, you're in an emotional state that it's hard to be logical, but I have trained myself to immediately check in. Hey, Eric, how you feeling? What I mean by how I'm feeling is it's more than just physical. At that moment, I'm asking, am I feeling anxious? Am I feeling anger? Am I feeling fear, happiness, whatever it may be? And at that moment, I'm trying to put words to my feelings. That's really hard for me uh, sometimes. And I think it's so important for people when they're doing self-check-ins for their mental health is to start putting words to their feelings. Because in my experience, personally, my experience, one of the hardest things I could do is I could talk about other people's feelings all day long. Like, oh, she feels sad. Oh, he feels disappointed. Oh, he's angry and he's justified in doing so. But when you sat down and said, Eric, how do you feel? I couldn't find a single answer for you. So self-check helps me to identify this, right? So I'll get a situation at work that just for many years, I'd say that just doesn't sit right with me. That's as far as I'd go with that. And that's how I would express it. These days I'll say, well, that's disappointing or that kind of made me upset. I'm a little angry with how that was handled. I'm a little frustrated that we couldn't do this faster. Oh, I'm really happy that we did this. I'm, I'm really proud that we were able to accomplish this in a timely manner. Um, I'm, I'm happy to represent a, a great team. So whether it be positive or negative, the biggest thing what I'm doing is starting when I check in is beginning to actually put words, anxious, um, you know, <laughs> uh, fun, you know, feeling uh, uh, mischievous. I mean, being very specific to my words of how I'm feeling, uh, playful, even I've, I've used that word to describe how I'm feeling things at times. So, um, you know, I think for me, when you're talking about triggers, that's, it can be anything from something what someone said to even a smell, to even honestly, just an angle of a sunbeam beaming through the window. So at that moment, I have to start asking, it's more than just physical, because when I'm doing that, it's not physical. That's me responding. I'm living in my head, right? So I don't know if that answers your question of what you're asking for, but I find that that's my immediate go-to when I feel these situations occur. So it is, we, we, that we, those of us who do a lot of trauma work, there's a phrase that we use that you actually explained very well. It's called name it to tame it. Mm. And when you name something, instead of going that upsets me, or that just feels off. If you change it to I'm disappointed or I'm angry or I'm frustrated or I'm sad or I'm happy or when you name it, you tame it. When we name the fact that it's a trigger, this is a trigger for me. This smell doesn't work for me. This smell is a trigger. When we name it, it can tame it. And that's what you just said. So you did a self-check-in. There's some smells that I have. Smells are actually the most potent one triggers. What most people don't understand is that of all the five senses, four of them are actually filtered in the hippocampus before they go into 
what I call the wrinkly parts of our brain, but the executive functioning parts of our brain. So our, our prefrontal cortex, our cerebellum, all of those things, the hippocampus filters everything that comes through, except the smell. That's why smell is such a powerful memory trigger, good or bad, because it's not filtered. It comes through. So when I actually had an office and I saw clients in person, I actually used a lot of smells. I used essential oils. I would use crayons. I would use candles. I would use a lot of different things to help with that or help my therapy. But smell is unfiltered. That's why smell is such a powerful trigger for us. Um, I have a few of my own from childhood that still trigger me. And when I smell them, I do. I stop and I think to myself, this is a trigger. I need to think through where I am, ground myself, make myself present, and remember that I am okay. I'm okay. So that's a quick self-check-in that you talked about, Eric. Right. And the thing is to realize that you need a self-check-in. It can be rather insidious at times. And what I mean by that is, so uh, there was a, I have a particular dark memory and then I'm not going to talk about now other than just giving you the parameters of the, of the memory. I know exactly what day it happened. I've never forgotten like every year it's the anniversary of this thing that happened. I was from my childhood. Uh, so Days, I can tell it's on the anniversary. This is a perfect example of this. So this year, I woke up, I was going throughout my day, and I kind of hit the time of that day when the incident occurred. And my, my memory is so attuned that I, my body was beginning to respond, and I was beginning to get really anxious, and I was feeling really frustrated, and I was feeling really sh- short of temper and all of these sort of things. And I realized that in my back of my brain, it wasn't a conscious thought, but I was beginning to relive that experience. And I realized what set me off was the sun, and I, I've already mentioned it, and the reason why is the sun angle my body was already processing. It remembers the angle of the sun mm-hmm. on a particular day every single year. Yeah. And I had to go, Oh, and the revelation that I had on that day that my body was responding and I wasn't even really consciously thinking of that memory, but my body had never forgotten it. And it had been burned into my brain. And so we have to be careful to start thinking to ourselves and start training ourselves when we're feeling anxious, even though there's not a real particular thing that stands out to us that why we are feeling anxious, why we're all, we are like feeling worrying, like we're worrying, we're nagging, we catch ourselves nagging, we catch ourselves kind of fretting, catch ourselves running around. It could be caffeine. But it could be something that's been triggered and we need to stop and pause for 30 seconds to a minute to five minutes and say, why am I feeling this way? And we can't. And here's something that's really difficult for me. I have to force myself to take the time to sit down and have a moment of quiet so that I can figure out what's happening to me. That's really hard for me, but it's so important. And it does improve everything. You know, you mentioned not to, 
not to move on the conversation, but you did, you did mention how it positively impacts our relationship with those around us. Mm-hmm. It really kind of resets me in that I approach things in a very different way. Uh, for my wife, for those that are at work, I, I reset, I regroup because I took those five minutes, even though everything in me screamed not to take five minutes, that's when I need to take five minutes the most, if that makes sense. Yes. So, yeah, I, thank you. It, it, you just made me think of like this really particular important, particularly important anniversary to me every single year and that I have to go through every single year. And it literally is the angle of the sun at that time of year. And that's how sensitive our bodies can be. There's the most famous book on trauma is actually called The Body Keeps the Score by Bessel van der Kolk. Um, I use that in treatment all the time. Um, I use it in my own life too. It's a very good book. If you haven't read it, it is The Body Keeps the Score by Bessel van der Kolk. And we are very sensitive to everything in our environment. We don't realize how many bits of data that we process each second of our lives. Um, we only pay attention to a minute fraction of how much we process and how much we filter out. And yet it all stays in our brain, every bit of it. Our brains are amazing things. And yet it keeps hold of everything. So do our bodies. It's important to remember that our bodies and our minds, even though in our Western society, we think of them as separate things, they are not. They are actually holistic things that work together. We can't separate our brains from our bodies, even though it feels like they are separate, they are not. My toes and my brain, they are part of the same organization, Mm. right? So it's important to remember that anything that happens to us for good or bad is remembered by both, always. But our brains, they do filter out some of the things that are very hard for us to to process. So for instance, if we're talking about trauma specifically, we, we have a brain that is designed or created or evolved or whatever your thoughts are on how we ended up this way for survival. We're in the woods, a bear starts coming for us. We don't have the time to stand there and think, should I run? Do I play dead? Do I climb a tree? Do I, do I fight? What do I do? We don't have time for that. Our brain shuts down and we drop into our mid and lower brain. We activate our instinctual behavior, which is our fight, flight, freeze, or fawn behaviors in order to survive. We're not thinking all the, what I call the wrinkly parts of our brain, they're not, they're, they are not connected to the parts of our brain, our mid and our lower parts, our hippocampus and below, not connected. They are not communicating at that point in order to keep us safe. And it's all fine and good if we're in the woods with a bear. But if we're in a house with an abuser, it doesn't always work well for us. And yet our bodies still respond that same way. And so in that moment, even though we don't realize we're taking in everything around us, the smells that you pointed out, Eric, the angle of the sun, the shadows from the trees or from the books across the room or whatever it is, we don't realize we're taking it all in because we're in our mid to lower brain. And yet we are. And so when that trauma happens, we keep all of that. 
And when anniversaries happen or the sun comes in at a certain angle or we smell a smell, we hit into that memory and it's there, whether we're realizing it or not. Doing a self-check-in at that point is extremely important. Yeah. Right? It's also important, honestly, as we go throughout the day. I don't know about your days, but my days go up and down. I have like good points of my day. I have difficult or challenging points of my day, right? How do I handle that? What do I do with that? How am I okay in my body? How am I okay in my brain? Um, there are a lot of things. And before we end today, I am going to step you guys through a quick sort of how do we do it. I do want to be very practical. Um, but there are a few other things I do want to point out. I'm big on journaling. Yes, I'm a therapist. I know. I'm very stereotypical. <laughs> I said as a journalist. I, I, I mean, as a, a therapist, I do keep a journal myself. Big on that. And here's the reason why. We think that we think in complete thoughts, but we don't think in complete thoughts. I feel very much like Dr. Seuss in that moment, right? <laughs> but this is a metacognition kind of thought or a meta thought kind of thought. We think, when we think in our heads, think about it. <laughs> we think about a word and a phrase and a smell and a feeling, and then maybe another word or two, and then a hunch or a feeling again, and then maybe another word or two. For us to think in complete thoughts, we either need to speak it or we need to write it. We don't always want to speak how we feel or what we're thinking to other people. Journaling is, is extremely important. It's a good way to do that kind of check-in. And I'm not talking about a diary. Dear diary, today, this is what we did. I'm literally talking about, this is how I feel. This is what I'm experiencing. This is what my stomach feels. And this is what my emotions are. My feet feel like this. I cannot feel my legs today, um, as I had a client say to me the other day. Those kinds of things. We need to write them out. It allows us to process. And then a lot of times it moves us into finding solutions to some problems because it moves us also when we read it back into that mindful observer position, right? It steps us out of the problem and helps us see it from a different point of view, that third, voice, third person point of view. Right. Yeah. I also think journalism is good. I don't do it like I should, but what mm -hmm. also does is it points out patterns. So like, for instance, um, chronic, uh, after I got ran over, which I've talked about previously yeah. you know, with that truck, I started realizing I was having chronic problems, uh, pain wise in my shoulder and my chest, because I happened to be journaling in college and I kept realizing how much I was referencing hurting. And I was like, Oh, there's something else. I, then you start realizing, oh, this pain has been happening for a long time. It's just, it goes away and I forget about it, but I've not recorded how much this is actually happening. So, and it's not just pain, but it could be like a chronic issue. Like, you know, you're having disagreements, you know, you're having a real serious problem or, you know, other things. You can start seeing patterns of behavior and realizing, hey, maybe we should do something about it, that this has been going on for a while. It's a systemic. So, uh, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, journaling is definitely a good idea. Big on journaling. Um, and of course, as a therapist, I'm going to say I'm big on meditation too. Um, about, I don't know, about two years ago, I started a 
almost daily habit of mindful meditation every day. And I can't tell you how beneficial that has been. There are a lot of different ways that you can do it, but meditation, it increases our ability to concentrate. It increases our ability to relax. And it also, actually, a lot of studies have shown that it creates new connections actually in our brain. And it can actually create new neurons in our brain, which is kind of cool because I was taught growing up, we can't make new brain cells. Yes, we can. We can create new brain cells by meditation, that mindful meditation. Um, it's also a good way to check in because we're looking for feelings that we've, that we've had throughout the day, and we're looking for them in a mindful way. Now, I'm going to say that getting real with yourself can be very, very uncomfortable, but it can also be very, very good. So mindfulness meditation is extremely important. So here's some ways that you can do it. If you are not familiar with mindfulness or with meditation, it's easy. Some quick ways that you can do it, honestly, YouTube has a lot of free mindfulness meditations. Listen to them. Just relax, listen to them. It's easy breezy, lemon squeezy, and free. If you want something actually simple, just sit, focus on your breath. Um, I actually meditate. When I meditate, I picture a lotus blossom in my stomach. And if you can't remember what a lotus blossom looks like, you can Google it. But when it's when it's all together or not quite full out, it looks kind of like a teardrop. And so I picture in, one in my stomach. And when I breathe in, it opens up into like a bowl. When I breathe out, it closes back up. So that's meditation. Yeah, yeah. A, a good meditation. Um, do be honest when you're checking in um, with yourself and focus on your breath. Always, always when you're checking in, focus on your breath. There are a lot of apps out today, um, a lot of apps for self-check-ins, for mindfulness, all of these things. I'm not familiar with most of them because I don't use the apps for these things, but I know that they exist. How about that? Um, I know that they exist. Yeah, they'll set like a timer for you and everything like that, yeah. Yeah, my clients use them. And they're like, hey, I use this app. I'm like, okay, great. I don't care as long as you're doing what you sure. need to be doing. Right, it's like, use the app. Yeah. Gratitude. When you're doing your check-in, what are the things today or this moment for which you're grateful? Can you guys, Eric and Brandon, name at least one thing right now, this minute, for which you're grateful? Yeah. Uh, this past Friday night, um, uh, in the Heights, uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda movie musical, uh, his first musical before he did Hamilton. Uh, the movie adaptation came out in theaters. It was supposed to come out last year. And it was originally supposed to come out this, well, once it, you know, COVID delayed everything, it was supposed to come out this coming weekend, which is actually, uh, my birthday this year is on Father's Day, June 20th. So um, was going to plan a big, you know, thing with some friends to go see it. And so we still did that, but we invited like all of the theater kids, like I've talked about the high school theater group and put it in the, the theater page that we have, you know, to message everybody to get information out and said, hey, you know, this time, this place, this theater, um, it's going to be 10 bucks ticket. If you can pay for it, great. If not, let me know. I'll cover you. I don't care. I haven't seen most of you in over a year. Um, you know, let me just let me know that you're coming because I want to buy tickets ahead of time. Because especially right now, this is fortunately a theater where you buy the individual seat, the reserved seats, not just, you know, a general admission ticket. So we wanted to make sure we could all sit together 
and they were only letting people buy. I think you could only buy like 10 tickets at a time through Fandango. And I had to end up doing three or four different transactions because we had 29 people originally that were going to come. Um, unfortunately, four of them couldn't make it. So we had 25. And, um, but it was still fantastic just to see like our, our theater kids that we haven't seen since we were you know, going to be doing Wizard of Oz last March. Um, three weeks before opening night, you know, we, we had to go into lockdown and everything got canceled. So I haven't seen them. And what was even better, though, is seeing some of our kids who graduated two, three, four, five years ago. And, you know, and we haven't seen them since that time. And it's fantastic that, you know, two of them are still with their partners that they were when they graduated high school and they just graduated college and they're all still together. Um, some of them have new partners. Some of them have new names. Um, and, but one of my favorite things was just seeing them see each other for the first time in years. And I just felt so grateful because we had an entire row and then two thirds of another row. And these are like 19 seats across. Wow. Um, yeah, we had like 25, 29 people somewhere in there. I didn't get a final count because they're supposed to leave every other row empty for social distancing. But since we had pretty much the entire back half of the theater, our whole group just kind of drifted across. And there were so many times where I, I was sitting in kind of the frontmost row of our group and I just turned around and looked back and it was great just seeing, you know, my chosen family and, and my, my chosen kids just being together and partaking in something together that we all love. You know, we love theater and this was theater on the big screen. Um, some of us knew the songs and were singing along. And of course, because it was, I, I did feel bad. There was like a mother and daughter that weren't with our group in the theater. And, and you know, we try to keep it respectful, but when you're watching that with such a big group, you can't not talk back to the screen at certain times. Um, so it was just, it was such, such a great evening. And, you know, I didn't even end up spending that much on it because a lot of people ended up paying for tickets, but I don't care. I would have paid, you know, $300 again and again and again. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny, in the, in the Heights was actually something I was paying attention to today, though I haven't seen it. Mm -hmm. Because Lynn, I'm going to say it right. Lin-Manuel Miranda. Thank you. He actually apologized for the lack of colorism or perceived colorism in it. Sure. And that thoughtfulness in that was actually well-received. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, that's going to be something I'm going to pay attention to. Yeah, it was... It was a great movie and it's great to see him being mindful of it. And it was one of those that like, as I was watching it, I was trying not to be that white guy. And I did kind of notice that like all of the leads, except for Benny, who is an African-American character, he's the only non-Latino Latinx character in the movie. Um, you know, they're all fairly light skinned and, you know, even a lot of the background dancers, there were a few darker, you know, skinned ones, but there wasn't a lot. And I thought that's, that's kind of odd because there's, you know, Afro Latinx culture is so huge, especially in Washington Heights and around, but you know, everyone has blind spots and it yeah. just goes to show that, you know, it, it affects everyone, but it's, it is encouraging to see the way that he's responding to it. Yeah. It was very encouraging. It wasn't, it wasn't. And it's, yeah. and it's a fantastic movie. Like I, we saw it and a few of us started making plans. Okay. So when are we seeing it again? <laughs> but it was just, it was just seeing all of them. And, and we got to announce what the musical we're going to do for next year is. And it, there were just so many hugs so many, like, you know, everyone was double vaxxed and, you know, we brought our masks just in case because we weren't sure the theater policies, but they, you know, they said, as long as you're double vaxxed, you're fine. And it's been the, you know, recommended wait time. And we just, there was popcorn and sodas and hugs and tears and, I wouldn't have had it any other way. <laughs> I'm actually looking forward to your next musical because I want to come up for it. That'd be awesome. So, yes. It'll be the Adams family. Oh, oh that's perfect. That's perfect. Perfect. 
So, yes. So there's a lot of things we can be grateful for. Um, When we do our self-check-in, what is something that you're grateful for in that moment? What's going on? Another thing is making a self-check-in a routine, part of your routine. What are the times that you do it? I mentioned that I do it throughout the day because I chunk it or I tie it in with particular tasks or transition periods. So I'm looking at Eric and Brandon. I'm going to ask you guys directly, what are some times that you might be able to chunk this in or to tie it in? What are some times throughout your day you might be able to do a a check-in? Sure. I'll be Mm -hmm. Yeah, real quick. Um, I usually do it during breakfast time. I, uh, you know, it's weird. My wife and I are together, you know, unless I'm working all the time and I love it. And we, uh, I've, uh, since I stopped teaching, uh, I have worked from my home office. I've, I've had a remote job all of these years. So working from the house is just something I have quite literally done since 2011. So I'm very used to the lifestyle. Uh, having said that, weirdly enough, Courtney and I usually eat, eat separately for breakfast. She gets up and does her thing and I do my thing. And so I eat breakfast on my own. A good, I got to be honest, good 90% of the time. I'm, in, I'm up in my office getting ready for work. During that time, I never wash my breakfast because I'm thinking about the day, but I'm also thinking about myself. That's my official check-in time. How do I feel? And I think that's really important to have at least one check-in time. That's always something that you do. It's routine. And then I, if the lack of better term, I have emergency check-ins. So <laughs> what I mean by that is I may check in depending on if the situation for the day has changed, right? So I feel like I need to do a check-in. And that's kind of my response is I do it in the morning. I, I reevaluate that sort of thing. I don't do it as much as in, at night. At night, it's usually for a chance for me to either be recording the podcast or if I'm home and I'm not working in some hotel, uh, it's a chance for me to do things that I love to do, like being in the garden or play a video game or watch a TV show or whatever it may be. And so I don't do the checkouts then because it's just uh, that's my time to do those things. But uh, long story short, my, my philosophy in life is I have an official check-in in the morning, right? I'm starting my day, and then I do any emergency uh, check-ins if I need them. I don't know. Brandon, what do you think? Is that kind of what you do, or you do something different? No, it's kind of funny that you do yours during breakfast, because I actually do mine during my lunch break. I do. Um, yeah, I don't have a set time for lunch break, since there's a few of us. You know, one guy kind of goes around noon, one guy kind of goes around one, one guy kind of goes around two. And I'm the two o'clock guy. I love taking a late lunch. I love going later in the day, because when I come back, I only have a few hours or less left. Um, and so, but because, you know, sometimes someone's working on something and it gets delayed. Like I said, it's not a specific time, but it is during that lunchtime period. And I usually use that to kind of take stock and see, well, what kind of lunch break do I want to have today? Am I going to go lay in the backyard or go like, go sit out in the backyard? I mean, I can pull the chase lounge out. Um, Do I want to go have my lunch at the backyard picnic table um, and enjoy the weather out there? Do I want to go drive around, maybe go hit the drive through on the other end of town and grab a burger and a peanut butter, you know, peanut butter cup milkshake? Uh, or do I just need to just go stand in the shower for a half hour and let like hot water cascade over me while music's playing and I cry, like not the entire half hour, but I mean, some days are just emotionally taxing. Um, and, and some days it's just, I'm physically and kind of mentally exhausted. I'm going to go set my alarm and take a 45 minute nap on my lunch break. Um, I just really do from the physical, like from the top to bottom, some days I don't even, you know, bother with lunch if I'm not hungry, if I, I feel that would, you know, kind of not necessarily make things worse, but, 
it's hard to explain, but you know, sometimes you just would rather just read and, and have a glass of iced tea or something like that. And I just really use that, that point of the day. Cause for me, it is about the halfway point of the day. If it were, you know, noon or around when most people go to lunch, that's, you know, maybe a third of the way through the day for me, but it is really nice, just like kind of halfway checkpoint for the day to see how I'm doing, you know, see what I should do. You know, could I, should I, do I have to mow the lawn today? Um, is, that's fine, but could I just push it off one more day? Is, is that going to be better for me mentally? Is it going to be worse? Am I going to think my yard looks worse and people are judging me harder? Um, you know, just weird little micro thoughts that go through your mind. But I, I just, you know, just kind of take all of those and consider them because if they're popping into my mind, they're happening for a reason. And some days, you know, I'll just let people judge me and let the lawn grow for two more days because I just, I, I'm, I can't mow the lawn that day. <laughs> So, yeah, Gary Chapman, who wrote the five Love languages, this is for you, Brandon. He was an adjunct professor when I was at Liberty, and he did a lecture on so what. We do things, what we think is best for ourselves, and if other people don't like it, you know what the answer is? So what? They're not living. Our, so you don't mow your lawn? So, so what? what? Exactly. So what? It's grass. Yeah. Who cares? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's funny, I do my I do a, several check-ins throughout the day, but my major check-ins are in the morning, I have a cup of coffee, it's a ritual. I'm big on rituals. And I do a ritual first thing in the morning. Um, well, I work out, I do that first. And then I have a cup of coffee. I may have it, this time of year, I have it on the back porch. I get the weather's decent. Um, but I have a cup of coffee and I just sit quietly with my coffee and I do a check-in. I also do a check-in in the evenings. Um, you guys do it breakfast, lunch, and I do it in my evening. I think that's funny, but I do one in the evening. How am I right now? What's going on with me? How am I feeling? You know, what's going on? Those kind of things. Um, what do I need to do before I go to bed so I can have a good night's rest? Sleep has not always been my friend. Yeah. So I want to make sure that I'm ready for bed and that I'm okay. I'm to the point in my life that I actually can have a good night's sleep on a regular basis, which is like, oh my gosh, what? But it's true. I can, I can't yes. believe it, but it's true. Been doing that for a few years now. But it literally does take the self-checking at night. I'm I'm checking in. How am I feeling physically, emotionally? What has happened today? Do I need to do something, discharge some of this energy? All of those things. Yeah. Yeah. And and I personally I enjoy doing it at lunch because it also lets me take stock. You know, I, I get off at five. My wife, the earliest she'll get off is six thirty and get home around six forty-five. You know, some nights it's not till seven thirty or eight o'clock, um, depending on which day of the week. But it also helps me kind of prepare. It's like, well, how am I doing with people? When she gets home, what kind of person am I going to be? Yeah. And it's not even am I going to be a loving, doting husband? It's just like Am I just going to be a passive aggressive jerk? Um, what can I do between now and then to fix that? Yeah. Or, you know, do I just need to let her know when she gets home? I've had a really bad day today. I'm, I try not, I'm going to try not to take it out on you. But if I seem pissy or, you know, short or anything, just please know it's not you. And I'm really trying not to make it about you or take it out on you. Yeah. I, I just let myself be blunt with myself and with other people like that. Um, and, and just having that, you know, helps me consider how, I'm impacting others with that notch and how that will come back to impact myself. That's I right. love that, Brandon. Yeah. Oh, go ahead, Eric. Oh, I'm sorry. But um, it, it, I was about to say, we probably want to talk about people that listen to podcasts, but 
uh, at work or whatever, but they go home and they've got kids and they've got three dogs and everything, you know, for sure. grandmother, they take care of whatever business mm -hmm. pulled in a thousand mm -hmm. different directions. And all of our solutions sound great. If you have the time is immediately their response. Point. Oh, for sure. Right. You hit the nail on the head where you had a moment where you're like, okay, what kind of person am I going to be with my wife and stuff? You had the time to think that through. And I think that's really smart. And because you're talking about the benefits of improving the relationships around you, because you've taken the time for, for self check-in. So uh, you know, that's why this stuff is important. And even if you're really busy, there's a lot of listeners out there that we have that are full, their family, they have a full family life and everything else, why it's important. But when you're talking about making a ritual for your check-in, you know, it's one of those things that uh, you have to be mindful when the best time is for your family needs. I know that for my check-in, it's not, it's not great right after work. And I'll tell you why. Because, and I'm just being really transparent, that is the time where my wife and I connect the most when we're out there in the garden together, when we're planning things, we're enjoying things, we're going for a walk. That's my time to work on our relationship with my wife. And so I've got a square in my head what kind of husband I'm going to be before I even walk and, you know, before I even get finished with work. And sometimes that is a challenge. You hit the nail on the head, Brandon. Mm -hmm. That's what self-check-ins are for. And sometimes it's an emergency check-in, but sometimes I wake up in the morning and I go and do my normal routine check-in. And I think to myself, hey, you know, Courtney and I didn't connect as well as we should have last night. This is the night I'm going to make plans and be mindful all day today that when I get off work, we're going to have a meaningful conversation. Um, and it's not just with my wife, it's with my friends. I don't think Brandon would mind me sharing this too much. I wrote him the other day and I said, you know, we talk so much we don't talk talk how you been because i felt bad because i hadn't talked to brandon in a meaningful way lately because my nose was so buried in work that i was neglecting our friendship now i know brandon never once was offended or felt neglected oh, no not at all but no as, as soon as you, you text me i know what you meant because i mean we we send each other tiktoks all the times and memes and you know pop culture news stories that we see things about all the time but you know and we have this podcast and we have a, a group chat with you know our, our friends and some spouses and then we have one that's just us and our friends and we have all these different ways that communi we communicate but as soon as eric sent that i knew exactly what he meant we hadn't had that one-on-one -on -one in a while and it was just really nice took a few minutes caught up i it was the day after that we went to the movie so i just gushed about that you know so much <laughs> yeah and and you know just took a few minutes and it, it was really great and it, it really was refreshing it, it wasn't a lot but it was just an acknowledgement yeah <laughs> you know our friendship is by the way for those who are listening this is not a gimmick we really are genuine friends <laughs> this is really my mother um, yes yes i really am his i gave birth to him yeah, we've got <laughs> comments about that i mean brandon and i are legitimately friends for a long time so we actually really enjoy hanging out so you know, this will be 18 years this september absolutely amazing it'll be 39 uh, years our, in february our our, fr <laughs> our friendship will reach majority <laughs> our friendship <laughs> will buy cigarettes this september yes but can't vote quite yet <laughs> uh, but to answer your question mom and really hit it we do need to talk briefly about for those that have leave such busy lives maybe a quick and down and dirty approach to doing self-checking so here's the thing i live a very busy life I, I talk about these things as if I spend hours doing self-check-ins or mindfulness and stuff. I really don't. 
I have a very busy life. I see 11 or 12 clients a day here lately, which is a lot of clients, um, which means I have a 12 or 13 hour work day. So I don't have a lot of time. It does not take a lot of time to do a self-check-in. So we're going to do one right now, guys. So you get to do a self-check-in um, if you're willing. I don't want to make you oh, do something. Do you don't want do to it. do it. So, mm-hmm. so let's do it. So we're going to do it on the air. So what I want you to do is I want you to close. If you're feeling safe where you are, I'd like you to close your eyes. So go ahead and close your eyes. I want you to take two really deep breaths, but I want the exhales longer than the deep breaths. While you take the deep breaths, don't start yet. While you take the deep breaths, I want you to just feel how you're feeling in your body. What is your body doing? So two breaths, feel your body. That's it. Ready, set, let's go. Ready? Breathe in. Now breathe out slowly like you're blowing a big bubble. Breathe in one more time. All the way in. To your intestines. Breathe it all the way in. Breathe out slowly. I'm going to stop here. I'm going to check in with Eric and Brandon. How are you guys feeling physically? What did you notice? What came up? Oh, Brandon, I can't. Hear I noticed you. that as a fat man, I hold my breath even when I'm not really thinking about it. <laughs> okay. All right. So you're holding your breath. We're not going to say anything about your weight. <laughs> you're holding your breath, right? And you're not even thinking about it. What else did you notice, Brandon, when you did that? Um. Definitely felt it like going out through my limbs a lot more than usual. Okay. You can really feel just kind of the body relax and, and, and you, you know, the breath filling everywhere, you know, like you said, down to the intestines, then you can kind of feel it like spreading, you know, down through your limbs a little further. Okay. Did you notice anything exhaling? Yeah, just felt a lot. Just that, you know, like I kind of mentioned earlier, you tense your shoulders without really thinking about it, especially when you're sitting down, just things like that, you know, just relax and let, let those things go. Yeah. Did you know that exhaling moves us from the sympathetic nervous system, which is the anxiety part to the parasympathetic nervous system, which is the calm part Hmm. when we exhale. So no kidding. I actually tell clients, even adult clients to buy bubbles and blow because it moves them to the, the, the parasympathetic nervous system. Hmm. Eric, what did you notice when you were doing that? Uh, am I to break it down by inhaling and exhaling or just? Mm-hmm. Oh, whatever you notice. I'll, I'll go with either and or. Um, well, inhaling just, yeah, it was just kind of like a, a sense of, you know, I got to get this right, which I was seizing about the competition thing, but that's just how I am. But it was like, God, it, this drive to get it this right. So even when you're telling me it's something as simple as breathing in, I was like, am I doing this right? Am I doing this right? It's just how I function. When I exhale, that's usually when I start feeling like, you know, like thoughts of self-checking come into mind. Like for instance, I'm actually pretty beat up this, this evening. Uh, I'll be honest. Like I had a really rough weekend physically, like just amount of work that I did. And uh, my shoulder from being run over is really acting up right now. So, um, you know. And I, when I exhaled, I felt the, felt the pressure of that shoulder and I was like, oh yeah, still hurting. <laughs> so that just, and then that has its own set of problems that go along with it. So yeah, like when I was exhaling, I immediately thought to myself, hmm, 
yeah, I'm not feeling the greatest this evening. So, yeah. Okay. So we did our physical two breaths. Mm-hmm. We're going to do two more breaths. And I want you all to do a check-in on how you're feeling emotionally. That's it. We ready? Two more breaths. So let's, are you guys ready? So close your eyes. I want you to focus inward. Breathe in. Here we go. Breathe out slowly. One more time, breathe in. Breathe out slowly. What did you notice emotionally? If you're okay with sharing, I should say that, sorry. Yeah, I'm, I'm tired. Uh, it's been a, for those that are listening, and you know this because we've gone whole weeks without putting out a podcast and it's literally because I've been working so much and I'd been tired. Um, every time I exhale it, I think, wow, I have worked a lot. And yeah, yeah that's, that's what comes to my mind. To be just like, I could just do a week of this, I think. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that's the biggest thing. Yeah, just give you some time to relax. So I'm going to step in for just a second, Brandon, with Eric, because you're feeling tired. What are some things that you might be able to do to help you feel a little more rested? Sure. Win the lottery, never have to work again. Okay. That's one thing. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So realistically, what are some things that you might can do? Chris, I have to play the lottery to win it. Like out of everything. Uh, Probably, uh, you know, We've got a vacation coming up. I'll probably take a few days, but that is a month out. So yeah. Uh, other than that, I think I'm going to try my best to uh, take a little bit more time in the evenings to kind of just rest, not do video games or work on podcasts or anything like that, just time to rest. Um, but the biggest thing is uh, to take a few weekends where I don't have anything planned. I've had something planned every single weekend, whether it be work or something else. I thought I might but it's been about seven weeks in a row. I need a few weekends where I just, I'm at the house doing that. Mm -hmm. All right. That's listening to your body, listening to your emotions and figuring out what you need to do. Brandon, what did you notice? If you don't mind sharing. No, not at all. I actually feel really content and grateful right now. Um, The past few days have been really nice. Like I said, I don't know if we said it on air, but we grilled out last night, my wife and I, and um, just had, you know, grilled out food again tonight and just had a really great evening together. And we were going to go for a walk and then I remembered, oh, wait, we're supposed to record in 20 minutes. So maybe tomorrow. But it's just nice that the, the weather is nicer and able to be enjoyed. I had good food and good drink. I had a great evening with my wife. Um, and, you know, just work's been kind of on the upswing lately past few days i've been able to accomplish a few things that i've literally been just like waiting months for on some you know third party factors that i had no control over and just getting those has just made me really grateful (laughs) in the past few days that those are kind of one less stress and one less burden to worry about and of course like i said seeing all my chosen family past few days i'm just still kind of riding the high from that so i'm just very content right now that's good good i'm glad to hear that and see i i love the dichotomy between being tired and being content because it's important to do the self-check-in no matter what if you feel good brandon good job let's celebrate that success let's celebrate that contentment let's celebrate this moment and look to see what 
made this happen, right? Eric, you recognize that you were feeling tired. And then you talked about what you can do to then feel less tired. Both of those things are important, right? And that's the whole point behind self-check-in. How am I today? What's going on? What do I need to do? Or do I just need to relax into it, right? Thanks, Mom. I appreciate You're welcome. <laughs> well, I hope those that are listening did that with us and thought about it themselves. And that course, if that's uh, you didn't do that, got to this point, you're like, maybe I should rewind. Please do. Mm-hmm. That's a great example of how to check. In. Well, I'm sorry. We're going to have to call it here. I'd love to keep talking about this, but we are we are out of time. Mom, thank you. Uh, your valuable expertise, is, it really does mean a lot to uh, me. I, I know it's Brandon not to talk for him but he always says it as well but then oh, absolutely also for our listeners i get a lot of feet we get a lot of feedback out there how the, these kinds of episodes have been so good that's why we keep doing them. and uh hey if you're out there and you want to learn more about that hey do your research check it out it's you know we can talk about it all we can but it, nothing how nothing is more valuable than you learning it more on how to do these things yourself if there are ways that you set a self-check that you would like to share with us please do we love to hear your feedback i'm serious about that um you know whether it be private messages or find us on our facebook and i'll show you how to do that in just a minute but the most important thing is not only are you sharing that with us but you're sharing it with the community and, and we're helping each other and that's what's so important about it well if you want to share that or other ideas that you have from previous episodes because we do have quite a few of them here. I've noticed a lot of people that are going back and listening to our episodes that we've done last year. Let us know what you think about it. We're always down to hear from our fans. Uh, you can contact us through a few different ways. First of all, you can find us on our Facebook, which is you, me, and your mom. You can just Google us and we should pop right up. You can also find us on our Instagram page, which is you, me, your mom, 99. At, oh, I said that wrong. I started giving our email address. It's you, me, your mom podcast. I'm sorry about that. It's you, me, your mom podcast that's where you can find us on our instagram we're fairly active on both of those you can often dm us there if you want to directly message us we monitor it pretty faithfully and we get back to you pretty quickly you can also leave us little comments on our posts and all that good stuff hey let us know how you're doing out there you can also send us by our emails we do check those fairly regular as well which is you me your mom 99 at gmail.com that's you me your mom 99 at gmail.com and that's spelled Y-O-U-M-E-Y-O-U-R-M-O-M-99 at gmail.com. Thanks, Brandon. Well, once again, thank you so much, Mom and Brandon, for joining us. And thank you for joining us out there. And if this helped you, we're so happy. That's the biggest thing when we have these episodes. It's just something that we hope that we can do for you. Well, wherever you are in the bright, wide world, just remember, it can always get worse. Well, until next time, we'll see you all later. All right. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.